I used to ask quite often of lifeboat people, what makes you go? Why do you go? Surely you must at times be frightened. There must be a fear of going out in terribly high seas. And one of the answers I got was from a lifeboat man in County Kerry on the southwestern coast of Ireland, who said, drown you may, go you must. My name is Tom McSweeney. I'm a Marine correspondent in Ireland, in the Irish Republic, and have been the maritime correspondent with RTE Radio Erin, the national broadcaster, for quite a long while. Over my journalistic career, I've seen the RNLI in many perspectives for perhaps half a century. It's given me a fair idea, both of the organizational structure of the RNLI and the volunteers who actually man the lifeboats, plus the families, I think, are particularly important, who support those people at the stations and in the local communities throughout Ireland. I think the RNLI stands out for me because the core of its belief, the core of its service, is that it never has changed throughout its history. That is so amazing that it has stuck exactly to the belief it always expressed, its mission to save life. And to me, that's the essence of humanity. And I'm actually amazed as a journalist observing and reporting for so many years that in so many changes throughout the RNLI, so many changes in personnel, in administration, in the type of boats, the core of its belief has never changed, saving life at sea and going to do that no matter what the conditions in which volunteers are called to go out and save life. I can't think of a higher mission than saving life. I think at this time of the year, coming up to Christmas, the one which particularly stays in my mind is the tragedy at Kilmore Quay in County Wexford, a big fishing port, where on Christmas Eve in uh, 1977, as people gathered for the, the midnight mass celebration, flares were seen off the coast and the lifeboat launched. It turned out to be a false launch. It wasn't an emergency. It wasn't a distress, but there was a genuine belief that there was. That lifeboat, the Lady Murphy, in returning in fairly mountainous seas, a very bad evening, it capsized twice. On the first time, two people were thrown off, Finton Sinnott, and the man who was very well known uh, in the fishing area. When the lifeboat came back up, my fisherman friend got back on, but Finton Sinnott could not be found. They searched for him without success. And the picture that that sticks in my in my mind very much is being told the scene at the Finton Sinnott household on Christmas morning, 
when other members of the lifeboat crew went to that house to console the family. And the picture which was painted was the children sitting in front of the Christmas tree, the fire in the living room, but no father, and no father ever coming back. And I think at this time of the year, particularly of that tragedy. The biggest change in the RLI, which I've seen obviously, is, is the greater concern of looking after the volunteers, the ones who actually go to sea, providing them with the best possible boats in which to carry out the rescue. I think back to stories I covered um, and stories other lifeboat men told me in making documentaries about the RLI. Uh, and at times, the boats they went in, for example, the Mary Stanford, which carried out the Daunt Rock rescue in February of 1936, the one and is still on a cliff overlooking the sea at Ballycotton because the local community wanted to keep the boat forever as a memory of what was achieved. That was an open cockpit, the crew protected only by a windscreen, and there were 63 hours at sea. I think of the World Concord rescue, the ship that broke in two, the tanker that broke in two off Ross Lair and the great Dick Walsh, the coxswain there. Again, an open cockpit. Now lifeboats where the, the crew are in properly protected seats, proper gear is, even, is much better than it was. Everything is given. And I think that change, which has become a change, focused on what's the beating heart of the RNLI to me, which is the people who actually go out and carry out the rescues. The skills they're taught, the concentration on the skills, the concentration on seamanship. And the other change, obviously, is that the call of the voluntary service, which used to be fishermen, uh, that fishing industry has been suffering downturns, so there's less fishermen around. But they've been replaced by people from all different types of occupations. Now, all those changes, I think, have married together. But I come back again to what I perhaps keep repeating. The focus of everybody on the boats is saving life. And that's, I still keep asking to this day, lifeboat people, I mean, what drives you to go? It's very often the family history. They go back in tradition, but it's also that core belief, I can do something to help somebody else. I'm Robin Fitzgerald, B-Class Atlantic 85 Helmsman with RNLI Jersey, and you've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices, or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 200 Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.